Childbirth is not meant to be quieted nor controlled. Childbirth is a transformation, a song to be sung. It's a subjective and completely intimate experience. Childbirth is primal, sexual, and full of wild emotions. There's been many years of harmful programming from the media in all areas of maternal health that have caused women to feel as if they're not in tune with their bodies. So what better than to bring on an expert in the field of birth, a certified birth doula, and the founder of Ode to Birth, Madison Desjardins. Madison offers birth doula services, postpartum services, miscarriage and abortion offerings, and womb healing offerings as well. Today's podcast may cover some touchy subjects, covering topics that Sarah and I are actually quite unfamiliar with. So in our search for constant growth and education, we thought we'd bring along the wellness gang for the ride as we learn about abortion, miscarriage, womb healing, and other options that people have with their health in relation to these situations. This is sure to be a unique episode full of insight and value. And to my right is my lovely co-host, Sarah Collins. Hi, everyone. And Madison, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Jen and Sarah, I really appreciate this opportunity just to be a, a conduit, an open conduit for this wisdom and knowledge on such a really cool platform. Yeah, and I think that it's very important conversation to have because there is a lack of education in this space. And unfortunately, things such as miscarriage are becoming more and more common. And for women, this can be very scary and overwhelming. And so the more that we can talk about these things and offer some insight, some education, and some useful tips and strategies to help women move through this and understand their bodies a little bit better and this experience, as well as give a little bit more education on options that are maybe outside of the conventional medicine or what your parents or your friends might have done so that we as women have the education to empower ourselves to make our own choices that align with our body rather than just falling into what seems like the norm, especially with something so intimate and beautiful and special as childbirth. So we're really excited to learn and to have this conversation with you. So today we're going to, yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about both abortions and miscarriages because both are becoming more prevalent and there is a little bit of a stigma around these things. So again, touching back to that education, this is going to be really useful to help empower women. So with abortions, what are the abortion options in BC and how safe would an abortion be for someone who might be considering it? Right. Yeah. And so just before we head on into the information, I think it's really important for your listeners and your viewers to understand some different kind of terminologies that I like to use. So with miscarriage, it's really just this umbrella term for the body releasing a pregnancy. And whether that would be spontaneously, the body recognizes that the pregnancy is not viable and therefore it completes the pregnancy and then releases it naturally or we induce the, the miscarriage through medical intervention. Um, this is a, an abortion, but I like to call it a, just a release of pregnancy. I think that abortion has a really, um, it's quite political and it's a very dense term. And mm -hmm. just for a more softer term, we can use the release of pregnancy. Um, so yeah in bc there's there's plenty of options right like this is so common for people with a womb those that menstruate uh, women that are trying to conceive or not trying to conceive miscarriage happens about one in out of one in three people 
Um, so it's something that is very common and has been common since the dawn of time because the body is very smart and it can and will release a pregnancy, like I said, that's not viable naturally. And then since the dawn of time and women will always advocate for their own autonomy and will always choose to be pregnant or not be pregnant, um, there are many options. So here in Canada and BC, we can, um, there are medical providers that can provide two different medications uh, for those that are pregnant up to seven weeks. They're able to take these two pills um, and they're offered at various clinics within the province. Um, there's also registered midwives that offer this, these medications. Um, and then there are, there's also a herbal route that someone who is pregnant um, up to seven weeks can, can consider. So there's also an option for an MBA, which is a manual vacuum aspiration. And this is what's considered a surgical pregnancy release where the medical provider, provider will go in with sort of like a suction. They'll go in and open up the cervix. And it's like a tube that they call a vacuum. It's not really like a, an HVAC that goes into your <laughs> cervix. It's like it's like a small little tube that goes in and, and uh, sucks out any sort of pregnancy tissue within the uterus. So that can be done after seven weeks. And that is considered the best option for a medical pregnancy release after seven weeks. The, uh, the pills are not really uh, an option for you if you are more than seven, seven weeks pregnant. And then anything after about 12 or 13 weeks, this is uh, what we would consider again, like a surgical uh, pregnancy release. And it's a little bit more invasive and it's not really recommended. Uh, there's a quite a bit of a postpartum period after that. And the risk for infection um, is quite high actually after this uh, surgical pregnancy release. And then after 20 weeks of pregnancy, if the body releases the, the pregnancy or the fetus on its own, this is considered a stillbirth. So it's not even within that umbrella of miscarriage after 20 weeks. So um, yeah, I would definitely like to touch on the two medications that are available to us uh, if we are approaching a clinic. Um, and so these two medications are widely available. And like I said, a registered midwife or a medical provider will have you come into their office, sit you down, and you'll talk about where you're at and why it is that, you know, you are choosing to release the pregnancy. And I want to just let your listeners know that they do not have to disclose why they want to release this pregnancy. Again, it's your body, it's your choice, whatever the reason may be, this is completely up to you and you don't have to disclose it because people don't, you know, especially a stranger doesn't need to know your, your reason being and, and your circumstances if it's not something that you feel comfortable with sharing. So what they'll do is they'll sit you down. You just say, I'm not really comfortable talking about why. All I know is it's a, it's a strong no. This is just a no for me right now. And I am looking to let go of this pregnancy. And so they'll give you um, a couple different uh, medications. The first one is a mifepristone. And this is the medication that inhibits progesterone 
in your body. So it stops the production of progesterone, which then stops the pregnancy from developing. And then the second medication they'll give you is called mesoprostol. And this is a prostaglandin that releases the pregnancy from the cervix. So it makes the uterus start contracting. It helps open up the cervix so that the, once the pregnancy is complete, the body sort of you know, pushes it out. Um, and you can take the mesoprostol at home. So you do have an option. If you don't want to take the mifepristone because it is a pretty heavy dose of medication, it's actually given to cancer patients. Um, and if you're feeling like you want to end, end the pregnancy in a different way, there are some herbal options for you. Um, and then you would just take the mesoprostol at home. Now, if you're trying to navigate um, the, the, the medical pregnancy release from a clinic, they might not let you just take the mesoprostol home. They might make you take the mifepristone and then the mesoprostol home. Um, so then you would be seeking a, a herbal route. Does that make sense? Yeah. And can you discuss a little bit about maybe some side effects or just the safety of both of these options for somebody who might be considering them? Yeah, so the, the mifepristone, like I mentioned, is a medication that inhibits progesterone in the body. So um, when you take it, it's going to interfere with that hormone production. And therefore, there can be a little bit of the body having to recuperate for the, the lack of progesterone in the body. And so then with the mesoprostol, the side effects are, are, are pretty intense. Like you're going to feel like strong cramping and you are going to feel like you're having a really heavy period and there might be some really intense emotions that come with that. And so it's actually a, a blessing that we get to take this mesoprostol at home um, because then we're in the comfort of our own environment and we can be supported um, with a birth doula or with a, a fellow um, menstruator or with our partner um, with, you know, a heat pack and some nourishing foods. And we treat it much like we would treat just like a physiological childbirth at home and you can pass the pregnancy um, at home, you know, inside a menstrual cup or, and then you can offer it back to the land or offer it to a river or a stream, or you can just release it into the toilet, whatever way, a ritual or ceremony that um, you have in mind for um, this this pregnancy release. So the mesoprostol doesn't have too many side effects other than you're just gonna have like a really intense period. Um, and then the body usually can jumpstart itself and get back into a regular cycle within a few weeks. So the only more intense, um, more intense portion of the, the, the medically intervened pregnancy release is the mifepristone medication. And if you're really against the mifepristone and you do your research and you see that these side effects are not something that you're, you're, you're looking to deal with, then what you can do is seek out um, more herbal remedies to end the pregnancy, right? Because a miscarriage um, or a pregnancy release is just the body stopping the pregnancy and then the body releasing it. So there's two parts to a miscarriage. And if you don't want to end it with this medication, you can end it with different herbs, right? Now, I'm not a, I'm not a, a master herbalist. I'm definitely not a clinical herbalist. And so you want to try and seek out the professionals uh, in regards to this. 
um, but there are some herbs that I, I'm okay to share with you and then you can do your own research and make sure that you're fully supported in the hands of the professionals that can provide you with these herbal tinctures and herbal infusions. So one thing that you can consider to end the pregnancy within, you know, within the first seven weeks of pregnancy, right? After seven weeks, the placenta is starting to develop and it's really hard to herbally complete the pregnancy. So you can consider cotton root bark tincture. Um, you can also consider black cohosh. Be careful with blue cohosh. Um, uh, pennyroyal is meant to just like more bring about a menstrual period. And so some people say they can use it for ending a pregnancy, but there hasn't been enough research on that one. So you wanna consider, um, uh, like I said, black cohosh um, and then cotton root bark. Do not seek these out on your own. Make sure you're, you're checking in with a, um, a master herbalist who can help support you through this process. And so you're getting the right dose. Uh, and then you can seek out a registered midwife for the mesoprostol medication. That is the prostaglandin that is going to open up the cervix and then release the pregnancy. Now, a herbal pregnancy release is extremely hard to do. I've tried it. I was successful. I don't even know like what sort of blessing I had. Somehow like the birth gods were just with me and helped me through that process. It's extremely rare to, 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 to follow through with a herbal um, abortion and be successful. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, our bodies are, we're miraculous. And once the birth, the implantation occurs, it's really difficult to interfere with that physiological process. So herbs can be our allies and it, many women have been successful. Like I said, it's a journey and you are committed to those herbal remedies. Like you are taking those tinctures every certain, uh, every couple of hours. Um, and then you might be feeling quite sick because you're supposed to be fasting and you're taking lots of hot ginger baths. And it's really, really an intense process and it becomes your job for like a couple of weeks. Um, so that's something to consider if, if you're not wanting to go the mesoprostone route. Um, and so I would definitely be mindful of that um, if you don't have the time or the energy and you just want to conveniently end the pregnancy. The mesoprostone, mesoprostol um, pairing is, is a really good option for those um, who are wanting to end a pregnancy. Now, instead of waiting until you're pregnant and then just going ahead and, and going through this process, I would consider you actually start managing your fertility in a way or managing your reproduction in a way so that you're interfering with your ovulation. So here in the West, we call it birth control, right? Like there's people that are taking their birth control and then they're um, interfering their hormones and um, they are trying to make sure that they don't get pregnant with the pill. Um, what I would consider if you don't want to start taking any uh, sort of birth control pill, you can consider an ovulation control option. Mm, this is some beautiful wisdom that I just recently became aware of, and it's like changing my life because I don't want to be on birth control, but this is a remedy that I use to prevent my body from getting pregnant. 
So at the time of ovulation, if you are well aware of your cycle, this is why it's so key for you to know when you're ovulating and when you're menstruating. So when you're ovulating and you end up having fertilizing sex, say the condom broke or he came inside you um, and you knew that you were ovulating, instead of freaking out, you just can consider this beautiful plant ally and she's called Queen Anne's Lace also known as wild carrot seed. And what you wanna do is crush up about a teaspoon of these seeds and start taking them. Now, if you want the proper remedy, I would definitely reach out to, um, like I said, a clinical herbalist who can help you through this, this remedy. But really the truth is like, you just need to take a teaspoon or two of these a day until you start bleeding. So if you think you've had fertilizing sex around the time you're ovulating, you're gonna just wanna take a teaspoon of these ground up seeds, pop them in a smoothie or just take them straight with some juice. And what this does is it prevents implantation from occurring. So even before you get pregnant, right, you're causing the uterine lining to be really slippy, slippery. That's what she does is she goes in and makes the uterine lining very slippery so that the implantation does not occur. And then you don't get pregnant, right? And you just bleed. And um, this is, I, it's not something that I would consider every single month. It's only in the event that you know you just might have gotten pregnant or might have you know, have the potential of a pregnancy here, you can start taking these Queen Anne's Lace seeds right away. Um, they're not readily available and you can't really take it in a tincture form because you want the, it's like you want the, the taste of it and those oils to really get um, absorbed within the, the, the mouth and the salivary, salivary glands. So um, I have some seeds. <laughs> Um, and I know of other, other wise women that have these seeds as well. Um, and you can all just go out and forage them on your own. So do your, do you sell them? I don't, I mean, at this point, I'm not really selling them because it's more of just like I treat it like a ritual or ceremony. And, and the, the women or the menstruators that come to me for these herbal remedies are so seldom that it's just like an offering like you know like this plant well, it's seldom for now but i'm thinking as people start to hear about this i can tell you right now there's about a one out of ten chance that i'm going to go forage for these seeds if she gets pregnant tomorrow so <laughs> yeah. for anybody who's looking to get those seeds are there places that we can go or maybe should we put those in the podcast notes yeah, definitely. So I, my friend and I, we actually found a patch out in uh, on the North Shore. Um, and you have to be really careful with like, <laughs> she's really foraging for them. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> this isn't something you can Amazon. <laughs> Be careful. I'm not going to disclose her exact location, um, but and, and I definitely do recommend that you go out with someone who is knowledgeable with this because there are a lot of lookalikes to wild carrot seed um, and they're very poisonous. So just be careful. And I would definitely go out with an herbalist or go on a, um, a herbal walk with someone that knows the plant of Queen Anne's Lace and can identify it properly. So don't just go out and take something that looks like her because there's a lot of plants that look like her the one key identifier is that she's going to have a red dot in the midst of her flowers there's like this really cool little red dot 
one red flower in the midst of her 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 other white flowers and that's how you know it's queen anne's lace um and you're wanting to harvest the seeds so you're waiting until about september october when it goes into a bit of this really cool like bird's nest and uh, then you're you're taking that um from her with permission and another way that you can identify it is if you pull the whole root up and you smell the root and it smells like a carrots then it's yeah that's why they call it wild carrot seeds so beware be mindful don't go ahead and just forge something that you're not sure of uh, take me out with you or take a, a herbalist with you and she can help identify yeah and I think that it's really useful to give women a bit more understanding of options if they are mindfully trying to release their pregnancy but it's also important to hold space and maybe speak to women who might be trying to continue their pregnancy to the end term and are having issues with maybe their body naturally releasing it so could you give us a little bit more insight onto into the natural release of pregnancy from your body Right. So the, when the body is responding to a pregnancy that, you know, has chromosomal problems or the implantation of the placenta is going to cause problems down the road for the mother, um, you know, and if they're you also want to consider the maternal age as well. Um, that can be uh, the reason for a miscarriage. And then if there's physical trauma to the body, the pregnancy will release, say if you have a really hard fall or there's some sort of like, um, yeah, um, some physical trauma. If there is a, a, an issue of the thyroid, that can be the, the reason for a miscarriage, diabetes or any sort of infection. This would just make for a not viable uterus and therefore the pregnancy would recognize that and, and would release itself and, and just let go from the body. And first of all, I wanna say I'm sorry because this is, this is a really big journey for a lot of individuals. They really struggle with holding on to the pregnancy um, for not just those reasons, but for reasons that we just don't know. And it becomes this fertility journey where they have to pursue um, a more medical pregnancy where they're looking for like IVF um, and then they'll have to do a couple rounds with that which is not only like spiritually and emotionally really difficult but also um, it's quite expensive to pursue that that route if you're trying to get pregnant um, and the reason why I'm saying sorry is because it's it's not that easy and so I commend you for going through this journey um, and then when you do get pregnant and the pregnancy sticks it's just like this amazing experience where I have had a lot of really wonderful clients that are just sobbing when their baby is in their arms and they're happy and baby is happy and healthy and that makes for just such a wonderful birth experience um so yeah like this is like i said one in three people that can get pregnant they will miscarry it's and that's the reason why i'm so honored to be here on this platform normalizing this subject we have been releasing pregnancy for like i said the dawn of time and it's just something that the we just don't understand necessarily why completely yet there's so much to learn um and maybe there's some sort of energetics that we can tap into and tune into as we ascend um, um with our more uh with our more intelligence and technologies that we have here um, on earth. Like, I think that there's definitely some, some reasons that we need to consider and, and that we have to learn about um, still. 
When should somebody consider a medical intervention if they are trying to conceive and continue to miscarry? Right. So you want to try to reach out to uh, fertility clinics if you have had three miscarriages, spontaneous miscarriages, right? So this is when you are trying to get pregnant and the body is releasing the pregnancy on its own. Um, after about the third miscarriage where this has occurred, then you're going to want to reach out to a fertility clinic um, and, and check in and see, like, like I said, is it a thyroid thing? Has there been some sort of physical trauma that the uterus is, you know, makes for a non-viable place? Or is there some sort of chromosomal problems? And I also just want to mention too, like the 50% of fertility issues is not just coming from the birthing person. It can also be coming from the paternal line. So that's the sperm, right? Like maybe there are some some chromosomal issues with the sperm. And it's not always just the womb holder that's the one that has the problems. Um, and so definitely consider looking at the viability of the sperm as well. Um, and then if there's some, uh, yeah, that's all I can say about that. Mm -hmm. And what would somebody's options be if they are seeking medical intervention for continued miscarriages? Yeah, that's not really my expertise. I know that there's um, IVF that they can seek out, but the, the, that's something that uh, I'm not well versed in. So first of all, I, I respect you staying within your, your scope of practice. There's a lot of people that I find will, um, if you're talking to them, they'll kind of like venture into a few different expertise. So just that alone is, uh, I have much respect for that. But you are a birth doula. So how, when when somebody approaches you, what do you do for them? And how do you support a miscarriage? Yeah, so this is something that I, that's exactly it. I'm a birth doula. Now, keep in mind that a miscarriage is a birth. And it's just a different outcome, right? So instead of there being a baby, there is you're releasing pregnancy tissue, or you're releasing an embryo, or you're releasing um, a fetus. And that should be considered and treated just like a birth experience. And because I try and advocate for more physiological childbirth, I want to also try and advocate for physiological miscarriage at home, in the comfort of your home, surrounded by people that you know and trust and who you feel comfortable to let go in front of. It's really difficult for someone who is birthing a baby to be in an environment that they're not comfortable in, right? And that's why we're seeing a lot of resistance in childbirth in the hospital. I'm not against hospital childbirth. They're amazing. The interventions that we have are necessary when they are necessary and they're a godsend when they are needed. Um, and we are grateful for the technologies that we do have within the hospitals and the beautiful OBGYNs that are considerate and compassionate with their practice. Now, if you are a low risk birthing person and you are looking to have more of a natural birth, you can do it at home, right? And you have the midwives here in BC covered under MSC, um, that covered under MSP that can take care of you in the same way that a doctor would be able to take care of you at the hospital. The only difference is that they can't perform a cesarean. A lot of medications that the doctors are going to prescribe you or give to you during your childbirth experience in the hospital, there many midwives can give those uh, different um, pain relief uh, options to you. So 
I'm kind of trailing off into more physiological childbirth here now, but we're talking about miscarriage. So you want to be in a comfortable container held with a lot of love. And it's really difficult for a person to birth when they are in an environment that is mm, like the body has these sphincters, right? And if you think about it, if you go and try and take a poo at a stranger's house, it's really hard. <laughs> or if hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like for most people, I want to say, like it's it's difficult to release when you are in an uncomfortable environment or when you're not felt felt like you can really trust the environment. So um, I want to like I like to think of it when you're miscarrying, you want to be in the comforts of your own home. And also you have this postpartum period too. So you want to honor that and be in a place where you can get yourself nourished and take care of your body, mind, and spirit. And that's kind of difficult to do when you're in a clinic setting or when you're in a hospital setting. Mm -hmm. And for women out there who might be listening to this podcast who have been through the release of a pregnancy, whether that's their choice or their body's decision, what are a couple ways that they can start to heal themselves emotionally to prepare themselves for maybe future pregnancies or if they are caught in that postpartum period and they're not really sure how to navigate it? What are just a few things that our listeners could do to support themselves both physically and energetically through this experience? Right. So if you have just gone through a miscarriage or you went through a miscarriage in the past, there might be some trauma there, right? Like maybe this is something that you came completely unexpected and you didn't want to be pregnant or you wanted to be pregnant and you were totally sure that you were pregnant and this was the, the, the experience that you were wanting um, and it didn't it didn't work out right so there's some residual trauma held within the body within the energy centers within the mind that you should to take care of right and so i'm going to suggest that you first of all nourish your physical body with bone broth um, or a vegetable broth and get yourself some dark leafy greens, right? So that we're getting all the minerals and the nutrients um, to take care of the body on a physical level because yeah, you might've lost a lot of blood or you've lost enough blood for your, your iron levels to drop. Um, and then, you know, you're gonna wanna take care of your body in a physio, you know, wanna take care of your body in a physiological state, but then also in a spiritual state as well. So there are a couple different meditations that I have up on my website that you can purchase. And then there's one that's for free, actually. Um, if you've released a pregnancy and you did not want to release the pregnancy, you were hoping to be pregnant. So this meditation practice is really important for your spiritual and your emotional body so that you can take care of any sort of trauma and reconcile with the experience and trust that this experience happened because it was supposed to happen. And yes, I'm mad and, and maybe I'm angry and I'm grieving it, but I will move on from this experience. And meditation is a wonderful way to reprogram the mind into believing that everything is all right and everything is going to be all right in the future. And you're not at a loss, really. You're at a gain because you're able to become more resilient and more empowered through this experience. 
emotions. So meditation practice to, to help the physical, uh, to help the emotional and mental body um, of yourself after the experience. And the spiritual self too, right? Like we're, we can find a yin practice that would be, might be difficult for someone who's really hyper and likes to move around. But if we're holding on to stagnant energy in within the womb space, we can feel that stagnant energy when we fall into a yin practice. So um, yeah, I definitely recommend that you get into your body and see your energy centers and see if they're needing some love and support and some prana, some breathing life force energy. So I started offering womb healings uh, at a beautiful medical physical store in Port Moody. And this is for people that are looking for a little bit of relief or some reconciliation from their miscarriage experience. We go into the womb space, we check in with those massive muscles, those muscle cells are huge, right? Like if you think about how big the uterus has to expand in order to hold on to like a nine month pregnancy, right? Those muscles, those tissues and fibers are so long and they hold on to so much energy. So what we can do with the womb healing and clearing is go on in and see those cells. And if they are holding on to stagnant energy and if they're holding on to um, trauma, perhaps not just in your lifetime, but past life trauma or trauma from the maternal line or the paternal line, uh, we can go in and start to release that energy. Um, and wow, like my clients are having some pretty profound experiences um, during these ses sessions and then a couple weeks after as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is really important to discuss because if maybe someone, a listener has had this experience of releasing a pregnancy, it's important to bring your body back to a place where you feel safe. Because if we want to hold space for life and be able to grow this life, it's very important that we ourselves feel safe and we feel empowered and we feel ready for this experience. And the more ready that you are to accept it, the better it's going to go both for you and also for your future child. And so creating the safety through these practices and understanding that when you heal yourself, you're also healing your future generations. So taking these steps is so, so important. And arguably even so, if you're considering having a pregnancy and you've never tried or been through a release of a pregnancy, still taking some space to connect with your body, to create that safety, to understand what it means to prepare for this experience. And so that we can really help our future generations by starting with healing ourselves and going through this work and doing the work for us and also for the future. Yeah, thank you so much for touching on that. That's definitely a big motto of mine is, yeah, you heal yourself, you're really healing the world because it starts with you. And I think that pregnancy and childbirth is a subject that we have been sort of sleeping under the rug and there's not as many resources and we're just sort of breaking through. Um, and these resources are becoming more readily available. It was really just the 18th century or the 17th century with the rise of patriarchy and Christianity that kind of caused for women to not really feel autonomous within this experience. And now I definitely sense that we are coming so far past that now, like we are reaching a point where we feel sovereign within ourselves and we are grateful for the interventions that and the technologies that are available to us. 
And I think that for our listeners who maybe have gone through this or are currently going through this, it's really important to understand that you're not alone. And like Madison mentioned earlier in the podcast, it happens to one in three pregnancies. And so although this might feel like a really heavy time for you and you might feel isolated, even with the support of your partner and your friends, community heals. And so maybe you could let our listeners know a little bit about how they could start to reach out to to find the community that's going to hold space for them and maybe women that they can relate to to start to heal and to understand that it's not just you, that there is a community there for support. You're right. So about 99% or maybe that's a bit high, but I want to say at least 90% of individuals that are going through a miscarriage feel extremely isolated. And the reason being is because they probably haven't even told anyone that they're pregnant yet because most of miscarriages occur within the first trimester. And a lot of people haven't even reached out to a care provider at this point. They haven't even told anyone that they're pregnant because there is that stigma, you know, that there might be a miscarriage so they don't tell anyone. So what I would suggest is if you're trying to get pregnant and you do not have a care provider yet because you don't know if you're pregnant, right? Like just reach out to a birth doula. That is the role of a birth doula. We are here to support the community for any kind of birth. Doesn't matter the outcome, whether it's a miscarriage or a live baby. We are here to hold space for you and help you through this experience, provide you with, like I say, those nourishing meals, that energetic healing, provide you with spiritual, emotional, and physical healing, and to help you grieve and help you and your partner grieve together, right? Like this is uh, this is a subjective experience, but if you can have someone that you trust and know is well experienced in this area, then you there's less trauma with the experience. Now, if you do have a midwife and you're in the first trimester, amazing, and they will help you, like a registered midwife will, will, will provide you with the support that you need in order to follow through with um, uh, a healthy miscarriage experience, right? So definitely get a birth doula as soon as you find out you're pregnant and let them know if you're going through some, some bleeding, if you're experiencing, like you think you're starting to maybe lose the pregnancy, talk to your doula right away, tell someone, tell someone that you know that's had a miscarriage already, ask them to come over. Um, please reach out to anyone because you don't need to feel isolated during this experience. You shouldn't feel isolated. This is a normal physiological process that the body is going through, and it should be honored in a very beautiful and reverent way. Well, Madison, look, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this three or four times in order to actually get proper podcast notes built for this because you've put my brain in a blender at least six times. Um, if anybody wants to find the podcast notes, they can find them at embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash ode to birth. But before we let you go, where can people find you at both online or in person? Because I'm sure you can help tons and tons of women and make this world a better place one day at a time. So please, where can people find you at? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you can find me at my website, ode to birth.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Madison D E S G 
J. I also have a Facebook account um, or a Facebook group called uh, Ode to Birth. You can go ahead and like me. I just launched my website, so I'm really excited about it. And these practices are deeply rooted within my DNA. And um, I feel very intuitive and called to do this work. You can ask any midwife, any doula, this is definitely a calling. So it's such an honor to hold space for those of the womb and um, my fellow menstruators. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And now I can't wait to get pregnant so I can hire you as my birth doula. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's just freaking out in the chair beside me. (laughs) I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided in this podcast or any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider and seek other professional medical treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you may have heard on this podcast or any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are of no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice, or other institution. 